for lunch, and after that he'll let her practice drive in the mall parking lot. Carl has mixed feelings about the driving part. Today will probably be the last time his aunt will ever drive a car, and it's his job to break that news. Is that my car? she asks. Humped over and thin, she holds to the arms of her walker. She wears gold slippers, tan slacks, Hawaiian shirt, striped jacket, and makeup that stops along her jaw like the border of a country. Yes, ma'am. I washed it. Well, it looks good. I'll let you drive it a little bit after we eat. He helps her into the passenger seat. Her head seems about as high as the button on the glove compartment. In her three months at Rosehaven Convalescent Center, she seems to have steadily shrunk from osteoporosis and has fallen twice, but somehow not broken a bone. He folds her walker, and as he lays it in the back seat, her sunglasses drop out of her saddlebag and slide under the passenger seat. He retrieves them. Back when Carl started driving, Aunt Lil owned a used 1968 Ford Mustang convertible, white with red interior. She let Carl drive it at least one Saturday night a month, as well as to his senior prom. At the mall, they park in their normal spot on top of the big two-deck parking lot. In the cafeteria line, with tray rails to hold to, Aunt Lil doesn't need her walker. Carl folds it and takes it on his arm. This is a long lunch break for Carl. He's a contractor at Richardson's Superior Awning and Tile, and sometimes, on simple, straightforward jobs, he leaves his second-in-command, Juan, in charge of the other four or five workers. Aunt Lil chooses chicken chow mein without rice. He gets it with rice. Carl's Aunt Sarah who died last year, once said that stopping driving was the worst thing she had ever been through, including, one, her husband's death, two, her daughter's divorce, it was a bad one, and three, watching her dog Skippy get run over. Aunt Sarah was the last living of all his aunts and uncles, besides Aunt Lil. She was the one who said that if she had known she was going to live as long as she did, she'd have bought a new mattress. Aunt Lil told that story when she bought her new mattress. That was about a month before she fell in her tub, twice on the same night. She managed, after the second fall, to get out of the tub and call Carl on the phone. And that night was the beginning of her downward drift, her gradual failing of mind and body, a decline less abrupt than his mother's or Aunt Sarah's. On Aunt Lil's tray is a plate of chow mein, a biscuit, a little dish of broccoli with cheese sauce, and iced tea. On Carl's, chow mein over rice, fried okra, string beans, fries, cucumber salad, pecan pie, and a Diet Coke. At the cash register, Aunt Lil reaches for his little white ticket slip and puts it with hers. She'll insist that he pay with her MasterCard. A cafeteria worker carries Aunt Lil's tray to one of her two favorite tables. Aunt Lil and Carl sit. Carl says the blessing, and they begin eating. 
He is never quite sure if he should say the blessing when he's with her. Unlike his mother and Aunt Sarah, Aunt Lil has more or less given up on church. They don't talk about it. Carl figures that's one of the things they can talk about sometime. Though now that they are the only two left, and now that he too has drifted away from the shore, as that old gospel song says. He watches her look around for old friends. They talk about normal things. He checks his watch. Have you met Mr. Flowers, she asks, with that fancy white hair? She pictures him, the new resident, rolling in his wheelchair out onto the porch, his legs stuck out straight ahead, a big smile on his reddish face. He's a dandy. The one with the knee operation? asks Carl. Yes, the preacher.